actually met Snoop um, um, on the on the word. Apparently, we're in the dog pound. So we're cool. Welcome. We are Neil, Luke, and Dave. Three forty-somethings reminiscing on the runners and riders of nineties guitar music. We look at the bands who soundtracked our youth on both sides of the pond and interview some of our heroes from the bands that defined a generation. You'll hear about the good, the bad and the ugly of 90s guitar music. This podcast is stupid and contagious. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Stupid and Contagious podcast. Episode 8, who'd have thunk it? It's gone quickly, yeah, they're building up. Today we're having a chat with Sid Rainey from Compulsion. It's a really good one, actually. When I was listening back to it yesterday, it's a really good chat. Uh, I really enjoyed it. For this episode, I was just wondering if you'd not mention the Lighthouse family. Yeah, you got it. Noted. You've not a problem, mate. Luke, explain your T-shirt because, you know, I don't know what the fuck it means. Uh, Hakuna Kulala. So this is uh, it's a new T-shirt. So it's the first time I've worn it. They are a sister label of uh, another record label from Uganda called Nege Nege Tapes that I'm obsessed with. And this is the sister label, Hakuna Kalala, and they basically make underground electronica and hip-hop out of Uganda and the surrounding area. And uh, it's probably my favourite label in the world right now. Yeah, mine too. I mean, I get a lot of stuff from, what is it, Nege Nege? Nega Nega. Well, this is Hakuna Kalala, but yeah, there's no separating them really, you know. For me, like Hakuna Kalala does a bit more like the cutting edge stuff, kind of the up and coming acts. Um, but yeah, yeah, just really good stuff, you know. Dave, you're into Ugandan hip hop, aren't you? Well, I, I can't honestly say I am, but maybe now it's been mentioned, he can put a couple on the playlist. I mean, I think the Lighthouse family got a lot of their influences from you, Ugandan hip hop. Is that right, Luke? They have been cited by a number of artists on the label, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're cited as a band that they should never try and sound like. I think you just broke your promise to Dave already, Nim. It took one minute. Let's get into this week's episode, which is Sid Rainey from Compulsion. Uh, Luke, do you want to give us your usual rundown? I will. Um, okay, so indie punk band from Dublin in Ireland. Although I think they've got, in some parts, they've got a hint of grunge to them, like a UK grunge sound, I think. In, uh, in some of their songs. When I was listening back to the two albums yesterday, it's fucking, the guitar's really driving, isn't it? It's real, it is punk. It's good, it's good. I think um, the Domestique tune on Comforter, it just sounds like a Nirvana song, like a good yeah. Nirvana song. See, I was listening to the other album, Future is Medium, and um, mm. on that one, I think they're even more sort of, the guitars are even more in your face. It's a really huge sound. Huge sounds mm. and albums, both of them. Yeah, I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed that second album. I mean, even I knew the first album. And yeah. I thought they were quite a cool band. Not yeah. that I knew much about them, but I don't know. They had they had that uh, coolness about them. I guess everyone's got a different idea of what cool is. But What's, what's yours? What's your, what's your benchmark of cool, Dave? Uh, it's hard to, hard to put into words. I don't know. Are the Lighthouse family cool? They're not cool. But, you know, they know how to write a good tune. I have to agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not cool and they can't write a decent tune. But, yeah, carry on about your your cool comment anyway, Dave. I don't know. And I, you know, I don't want to... I am going to insult Mega City 4, but... Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> just leave it. 
I don't know. Nathan, it's just, you had a whole... <laughs> just drop it, will you? What's your yeah, problem the, with them, man? That's the thing. The vo- it's the vocals. It's just so much stronger with compulsion than it... Well, it's a different kind of music, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, yeah. It is a different kind of music. Yeah, I, I guess I just prefer compulsion. I do get what you're saying. And like we said last week, it is, it's all subjective. And we kind of all like the same things or the same. But I wish you'd just fucking give them a break. <laughs> Jesus, pick on someone else. Seriously. Um, all right, so they formed in, well, it's formed in 1990 as, um, as a band called The, with two E's, um, The Amazing Colossal Men. And right. um, I won't go into it too too much because in the interview you'll hear that whole incredible story. That's what I mean. The interview's great. It just does a real, you know, if you didn't know anything about him or compulsion, then by the end of the interview you definitely will. Yeah. Um, basically, yeah, signing to Virgin, being taken over to LA. They thought, well, you, I, I won't go into it because he tells it much better than I ever mm. could. But, um, um, yeah, that's basically what happened. Um, although, you know, even like going back before that, um, Sid was in other bands and stuff. He's in a band called Sid and the and the Stone Crushers, which is a band name I like. And anyway, the the amazing Colossal Men. Uh, well, according to to uh, Sid, they kind of have like a Doors sound, kind of like a, more kind of a garage kind of psychedelic sound to them compared to Compulsion. Um, anyway, it didn't work out. And um, in 1992, they basically, it was pretty much the same people, but they, they changed to uh, Compulsion. A rebrand. Yeah, so made up uh, four people. So Joseph Mary, uh, stage name on vocals. Uh, today's star, Sid Rainey on bass, Garrett Lee on guitar, and uh, a guy called Jan on drums. Uh, yeah, and that's Compulsion, basically. I went down a rabbit hole because I was trying to go back as far as possible. So I came, so I was like, okay, uh, the amazing Glossman. So then I found out like this other one, like Sid and the Stone Crushers. And then apparently the, the singer out of Sid and the Stone Crushers was, was a guy called Fran Healy, but he wasn't yeah. the same Fran Healy out of Travis. There was two people in rock and roll called Fran Healy. It, it got me stuck for like, for like half an hour yesterday trying to kind of get to the bottom of it. But Fran, is that short for Francis? But again, it's not going to be a common name, is it? I could, maybe I'm wrong and they are the same guy. I couldn't find any evidence they were the same person, but there you go. Dave, was there anyone called Fran Healy in the Lighthouse family? Not that I'm aware of. Um, yeah, they signed to an uh, uh, indie label after being on a big label and not working out uh, One Little Indian, which is now called One Little Independent in these uh, more enlightened times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, OK, so, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Changed its name a couple of years ago. Why not one little Native American? <laughs> it's not got the same ring to it, I don't think. We talk about in in the interview, but they were put in with the the new wave of the new wave uh, movement. With uh, doesn't mean anything, uh, does it? Uh, not really, not really. As I said in the interview, it's kind of like it was made up by the enemy to try to like create some kind of non-existent yeah. scene and to, to sell newspapers. But uh, like I said to Sid, I mean, I loved it and it gave me something to hold on mm. to. And uh, I, 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 you know, it was great. Smashed these animal men. I think like yeah. other bands, even like Elastica and Echo Billy were put in there at some points. I think, um, yeah, yeah. We should probably we should probably go more into it. At some point, maybe do a, a wang on it or something. But it's talking about punk, right? New wave of the new wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were, were the Lighthouse family part uh, new wave of the new wave? I can't, can't remember. Would you put them in that? 
I think they were the new wave of the new wave of the new wave. New wave of the new shit. Um, so, yeah, two albums, uh, Comforter in 94, uh, reached 59 in the UK charts. Um, just great tunes, right? Should we talk great about that album. now? Really good. <coughs> we can, because really I, can, I can tell you I know exactly where, where and when I bought it. Dave, you weren't there, but do you, Luke, do you remember we went to London with our girlfriends at the time? Yes, I do. Very well. We stayed in one of the girlfriend's father's school or something, right? It's correct. Like it was, it yeah. was in Knightsbridge, I think. It was very yeah. sort of yeah, 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 not yeah. us. We were just all yeah. sort of indie kids, weren't we? Do you remember we were we went out? Do you remember we went out? So because we were like scruffy indie grunge fucking losers, and at the time our hey. our, our girlfriends yeah. were, you know attractive young ladies and they had these like nice yeah. dresses on do you remember that and we were walk, walking out in the street and this guy rode past on a bike and he said you lucky bastards he just shouted at us <laughs> he really did remember i that? remember yeah i had forgotten but i, I guess we were i guess we were yeah yeah definitely were <laughs> and yeah but yeah it's on that trip so that's when i, I remember i bought that and i want to kill somebody the single Right, and the twelve same. inch. No, I think I got CD them both single. on cassette. I think I got them both on cassette. See, I re- I totally yeah. remember you buying that. I want to kill somebody. I don't remember you buying Comfort at the same time. Yeah, it's a sim- right. similar time. Yeah, I just remember. I love that album. I still do. I just think it's a really yeah. great album. It's just full of full of great tunes, right? Yeah, and it is. It's quite different, isn't it? They, they have got quite a unique sound. I think. Mm. I do mm. think they have. Yeah, for me, More Monarchy is where we talk about it in the interview, but it's a classic. I really like Air Raid for the Neighbours as well on that. Yes. I don't know why. It really, I don't know, really, I don't know. It's just one of my favourites. No, favorites. no, it's a, great, yeah. it's a great song. It's one of my favourites because it's got that sort of speaky, shouty bit, hasn't it, before Yeah, the, it kind of slows it down a bit, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's really good. The whole album's just really a really great album. Dave, favourite Dave. tracks? Was Ocean Drive on Comfort of Dave? Dave? Not engaged. <laughs> Just asking. So, yeah, Dave, have you had a listen to Comfort? Yeah, yeah, I, I like I like that one. The only one that comes to mind that's obvious is the obvious one. Is it called the Mall one? I wish we'd asked him more about the lyrics. I've always assumed it was like an anti-US imperialism. But he'll probably be watching or listening to this, so maybe you can tell us in the comments. Sid, if you can let us know what the lyrics to Mall Monarchy or about, and if Luke's right or wrong. So, second album, The Future Is Medium, came out in 1996. Um, listen to the interview to find out what happened to that. Um, mm. But yeah, um, get more of the same. I think they the sound changed a little bit, a bit more experimental, um, some kind of electronic bits in there, a bit more poppy, I think, in some parts as well, um, but still that yeah. kind of, you know, driving guitar, like you say. I would have said it's more grungy. Yeah, I, I would as well, I think. Mm. Obviously, I'd listen to Comforter a lot, but then when I listen to the... I haven't listened to The Futurist Medium that much, but I have listened to it quite a lot lately. But yeah, that guitar sound that they got is just... It's crazy. It's really quite unique, really driving. Kind of agree with Dave. I think The Futurist Medium may, is maybe a little bit more grungy. Um, they kind of adopted like a, a whole, whole like kind of look um, for, for the album on the album cover. They've all got red hair. They kind of all yeah, kind of great. put alongside like a craftwork kind of style, and they're kind of all dressed in either in white or all in black or whatever on stage. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was a cool aesthetic, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, he asked us in the interview if we ever went to see them, and you said you might have seen them at a festival or something, but mm. yeah, I never did get to see them. It was quite interesting. I don't, I don't want to give too much away, but when he said they toured with the Mannix, mm. and I thought maybe they were going to play with the Mannix, and that gig we didn't go to in Devon. Oh, that's what I thought. Blew down. That's what so I, I researched thought. it. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't and? them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who, Who was, was it? it? Who was the support band? Someone called Credit to the Nation. Oh, wow. Well, he mentioned them as well in an interview. They were on the same label, yeah. And Blagger's ITA. Oh, oh really? Blagger's ITA, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's who we would have seen. Teenage Great. Sensation. Great yeah, sensation. man. Great tune. Yeah. Uh, we better tell the story because we're talking about it as if people know what happened. You better tell the story. Well, we went we went on holiday to paint and in mentioned in last week was it? I think it's the Levellers one we spoke about it. Yes, yes, you're right. It was 1993, three, right? Yeah, 93. So it was our first holiday away from parents. We went down to paint and with Luke's family tent. It's a big old canvas thing. It was yeah, yeah. I don't think kids today appreciate what it putting up a tent used to entail. It was so heavy, wasn't it? It was like oh, metal ages. poles and yeah, 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 yeah. So we got it, we got this massive tent all the way down to Paynton and we hired, we got this spot in this field. The tent survived a good three days, was it? Three, four days. First bit of wind. Oh, it was a, it was a proper thunder, it was a proper storm. It was terrible. Driving wind, howling gales. Thunder, lightning, it was a full-on apocalyptic storm. But I think most tents can can take can handle those sort <laughs> of conditions. But this one, sadly not. So so we had tickets to see the Mannix uh, at Paynton, either the next day or like two days later. But yeah, the, yeah. Pen, the tent was completely destroyed, so we had no choice but to pack up and go home. And then on the way home, we were in trouble as well. I don't know how much we can tell of this story. Let's just... Tell the bit that we can tell. We got stopped by the transport police. We were travelling on child tickets. I was asked my date of birth and I just added a year instead of took a year off. off. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were on to us pretty quick. And we yeah, were yeah. we were terrified. They were we, pretty yeah. harsh on us. And we were we were carrying some things we probably shouldn't have been carrying. Dave got strip searched. <laughs> we see that. They did confiscate Dave's copy of the Lighthouse family and said no one should be carrying this sort of stuff around. Neil, that's an anachronism. <laughs> like, as you can see, you're still bitter about it. I genuinely think that would have been the best gig that we ever went to. Motorcycle emptiness, you love us, all of that. Yeah. It would have been yeah. amazing. It would have been amazing. It would have been good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I guess we thought we'd catch them another time. Well, we did. I, yeah. I saw them at Nebworth, but it wasn't quite the same. Yeah, same, same. You'll hear an interview how they were dropped by their label. And yeah, basically they all went off in different directions. So Yan uh, joined China Drum for a little while. Garrett became Jackknife Lee and became a pretty famous kind of uh, electronic uh, musician and producer. Um, producing some Snow Patrol albums. And U2, like big stuff. Did yeah. you too as well, didn't mm, mm, Yeah, he became mm, quite a prolific, well, he still is quite a prolific producer. I'm not sure which Snow Patrol albums. I think he did Final Straw and possibly the one after. Today's guest, uh, Sid, went into 
TV. And you might know this, Dave, because your kids were probably about that that age. He made a, a, a TV show called Underground Ernie. Main character voiced by Gary Lineker. We're in Sweden, weren't we? Oh, you probably were. That's true. Maybe he can confirm it. But from what he said, it sounds like he kind of gave up music until very recently. I just think it's great the way he takes us on that journey. When, when Compulsion finished, that was, that was pretty much it. Here's Sid Rainey from Compulsion. Enjoy. Hi, Sid. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Um, no problem. I think it'd be a good place to start would be if you could just sort of introduce yourself, tell us a bit about how the band came together, the early sort of days of the of the band. Um, I'm Sid, and I <laughs> was on um, the other side of the stage uh, uh, playing bass guitar, and uh, we met. I met Garrett and Joey uh, in '87. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh we had a there was a band, we had a band in, in Dublin called the Amazing Colossal Men. And uh we were like about I don't know, um eighteen. Right. Just gone eighteen. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, mm. and well my son Gar was gone eighteen, uh, Joey was a little bit older. Um and that went that that kind of we cut our teeth with that kind of that band and uh it, it you know just kind of rolled along and once we kind of started to mature a little bit we kind of went hmm this is bringing up what we want to be doing we want to be doing like you know we kind of so we just we shook that off we breathed what kind of music were was that band what kind of music were you playing uh it was kind of like uh uh i don't know it started off being kind of like um uh doorsy type stuff all right, all right. Um, and went into kind of psychedelic more psychedelic type of stuff. Then ended up being wow. a little more polished, you know. So it was this, it was a, it was a, it was a sequence of things that kind of didn't really match up, but it was just, we were just kind of growing up a little bit, you know what I mean? We were just kind of like, um, like, you know, 18 with a record contract. Like, that's not, that's not right. You know, I, I yeah. had, you already had a record contract, right? Well, we, yeah, yeah, we, we have one fairly quickly and um mm. and we were like oh so it was a bit like um it was, it was deep end stuff like there you go in the deep end yeah. um yeah so we kind of got you know after riding that little uh wave for a while we, because you know it's kind of when, when stuff like that happens to you, you kind of go with it you don't think about it at the time it's like whoa because some you know kind of so we we just rode that for a while until we kind of woke up a bit and uh, and decided that like you know what they wanted us to play or what they wanted to hear wasn't what we wanted to play. So right. we ended up in the states, uh, just completely rethinking everything. And we were in a, in in Sunset Sound Studios, and by this time wow. Jan had joined us. Yeah, and Jan, yeah, his drumming made. A lot of a lot of sense, if you know what I mean. So so it was like it was like you know it was, it was a re. That's when everything kind of like really kind of like clicked yeah. in into into the place. How did you end mm. up in the states? Like you're still quite uh-huh. young at the time. How did you end up in the states? Still quite young at the time, right? Uh, there was a we had a, a another record ready to go, um, and a producer called Nico Bolas, who was nearly well. Yeah, it was at the time Neil Young's uh, producer and many uh, others, and uh, he was Neil, Neil Young had like a, a, a the Volume Twins, I think, 
and it was Nico and Neil Young who like used to mix things really, you know, really loud. Mm. Yeah. So, so Nico uh, liked liked us, and yeah, he booked us into Sunset Sound Studios in Los Angeles for four months. Wow, and, uh, lifestyle! Wow. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were we and and uh, Scott Thurston from the Stooges joined us. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we're just so we're in Sunset Sound just playing live. <laughs> so we're just in a circle in in a room just. Mm. Live and we recorded 26 songs in two weeks, mm. so we had, we had like another three and a half months left on, <laughs> on, the, uh, on the bill. So, uh, did you enjoy yourselves? We worked the way around that. <laughs> <laughs> the budget was rejigged, and uh, when record company people came to visit us, we looked busy. We all like, oh, we see the studio tomorrow, we're supposed to be, yeah, you know, we're supposed to be there, and uh, we just like, you know, we wrote it, and like, you know. It, it was great justice though because I remember um, a record company guy coming over, right? And we had breakfast, and we were like a little bit hungover, and uh, and we we're just sitting in this little, little diner, you know. And you know, when you're not feeling the best, like you know, just eat light. And so, Garrett had um, some strawberries, right? Yeah. And uh, rock and afterwards, roll. afterwards, yeah, I know, right? But we didn't hear this part. Afterwards. <laughs> The record company guy said to our manager, "What are these guys doing? Like, you know, there's guy eating strawberries for breakfast. Like, they're like that. And he was just like, "Where are you? Like, you can't even want strawberries for breakfast, and you think we're like what? living like, high life?" So yeah, so we had justice that uh, served another bit of flavor. Oh it right, like really... okay, they thought you were you were living that. Not they. It wasn't like yeah. you weren't being rock and roll enough. It was because they were. You know, it was. Uh... Look at them. They're eating strawberries. I thought Jesus. you were taking a piss by eating strawberries. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Shouldn't have eaten strawberries after they do the work, you know. It, it was like <laughs> it was a, it was really um it was a bit like you know strawberry sh- police. So yeah. uh yeah, strawberry police <laughs> again. So uh, we um we came back after doing that record and um um uh and nothing happened with us. So that was our kind of cue to kind of like get away from Virgin Records and, uh, mm. and, and but did it come out no thank god no I, it didn't yeah. even come out mm. no it was it wasn't even it, it was mixed kind of roughly and they just fell up the record company kind of fell apart and it was after that so mm. so that was that, that was our cue to kind of like you know uh, like you know exit so we yeah. did is there um yeah. Is there any, can anyone, can you listen to any of that anywhere or was it just completely scrapped? Do you still have copies of it or? Oh, I've got copies of it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all, I think we all have copies of, of it, but uh, I, yeah, I, I can show you a couple of tracks of that. That's quite, it's quite that would be great. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. It's because uh, it, what we ended up doing there was a mixture of what we started off doing in Dublin and the mix and, and a bit of like, you know, to what we wanted to do in the future. Right. So what yeah, you were becoming is propulsion. Mm. But it wasn't fully formed, you know, so it was just kind of like, you know, uh, 26 songs of like, you know, all, all sorts of, you know, all, quite a few different angles. And uh, um, <clears throat> that was it. We came back to London. That didn't happen. Uh, it fell apart. And we uh, went and just took some time off and then just regrouped and asked, you know, ourselves, do we want to like do this together again and go forward? 
And the answer was all around, absolutely yes. Let's yeah, let's go back to work. So that's what we did. Go back to work away from those A and R people that didn't really understand what you were about in the first place. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just away like... from people who who were looking at your hair, going, yeah, you know, it's just, <laughs> checking your strawberry. Like... Like... <laughs> checking your strawberry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you come back. Okay. And, yeah. Eight strawberries to your heart. So yeah. So. And then after that, it was just compulsion after that, you know? Yeah. So you, uh, so with compulsion, you signed to one little Indian, one, one little independent, as we have to call them um, <clears throat> these days. I mean, how did it feel like to be part of that? You know, the, the sugar cubes and like um, the shaman oh, were taking off and stuff. How was that? Well, you just mentioned sugar cubes. Sugar cubes are fantastic. Like, straight Amazing. Away, like, it was, yeah. Didn't even know they were on the same label until we kind of, you know, it was like, uh, until, like, you know, much further in. I was like, oh my God, okay, you're right. Sugar cubes are just brilliant. Yeah. Um, we were like the Icelandic kind of pixies, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, they were just way ahead of their time, and um, uh, and yeah, it was just wonderful. And then Skunk and Nancy were there. That's same right. Label. Yeah. Number one, but credit uh, to the credit nation. To the yeah. Um, uh, Daisy Chainsaw. Daisy Chainsaw. Yes, it love your money. What a great yeah. track that was, yeah. right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, did that feel exciting to be part of that kind of? Um... It felt better. It felt like you were like, kind of, you know, we we're finally kind of amongst our own people that actually right. didn't look at your 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 spins and and uh, and send you to a hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though I mean, like compulsion, the music was pretty different to those bands, right? Um. Well. I, do you know do, um, do you guys know Rick Rick Lennox? No, no. Rick, Rick so. was yeah. Uh, Rick was A and R at um uh, um one with Indian and uh, right. Yeah. Rick signs uh, uh, Skunk and Nancy and mm. us and I'm not entirely sure whether he signed Daisy Chainsaw, but probably did. So Rick had like you know had a kind of little, nice little kind of rounded kind of. Uh, you know, little group of, of bands that he discovered. So, so yeah, so it was, it was a great label. It was like, you know, Derek, who owns the label, was just like, you know, mm. whatever. I mean, he, he managed Bjork. Right. Yeah, well. yeah. And she's, she's still with them, right? She stayed there the whole course, right? It's amazing. That yeah. says something, right? It does, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, then, then you know, and what? Well, yeah. Then, like, you know, to jump way forward and then when everything kind of imploded on itself, like, you know what I mean? Like, they still let the accountants come in at the end of the day. Like, you know what I mean? So not that indie. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, yeah. maybe we'll get to that later. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Huh. Um, so <clears throat> did you, you re relocated to London at that point, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah. We uh, we, we moved to London in 89. Okay, <laughs> so that was quite early on. Yeah, very early on. And... Uh, and my girl were there. Well, I it's there until what, 2009. Yeah. Playing a lot of gigs in the early days. Oh, every, that's all, it was all, only about playing live. Yeah. And, I mean, cause you know, it, all, it sounds like you got signed like, yeah, um, fairly early doors. So I guess that is, you can only really do that from playing a lot of gigs and people coming and seeing you, right? Yeah, we just played all the time. We we toured and toured and toured, and uh, um, yeah, sometimes we kind of toured with people that really didn't suit. You know, we shouldn't have been on the same bill, but we're still, uh, like who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us some <laughs> it stories. Was like, uh, 
Oh, oh stories like give me prompts. What kind of stories do you want? I just give us some bands that that, that you thought uh, what are we doing with these guys sort of thing. Um just give us an idea. Oh, I can't do that now. Come on. <laughs> you don't have to bang <laughs> yeah. mate. It's all right. It's all right. It's I, mean, all right. Well, I, I can tell you a story though. I can tell you one story. Um, Go on, um, come on. That, that happened that happened the same time we were where we were doing the American album. Um um uh when we um when we kind of got there and like got set up and got chatting and blah blah, it was time to go and you know, tool up with strings and guitar picks and whatever else you want. So we went to this little shop called Fred's uh, West Hollywood, Fred's guitar, mm-hmm. Ray guitar. And uh, Nico kind of went, oh, Sid, this is Fred. We all were wrong. There was, you know, it was a guitar shop, so it was myself and Gar really mooching around the place. And uh, he said, This is Fred, Richard, this is Jackson. This is da da da, and I shook her hands and went off to get my strings and uh, <clears throat> picked up a set of strings or box strings and kind of realized, ah, oh, they don't have the ones I want. So I says, Jackson, is there any chance you could change these? Any chance you could get these ninety fives? And Nikki goes, uh, Jackson doesn't work here, Sid. And I went, oh, okay. And this guy was just looking at me like this, kind of like like the, like 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 a like a teacher. And uh, um, when he got to the car, he turned around to me, he's like. Do you know who you just asked to change your strings? I said, nope. He says, Jackson Brown. I said, Whoa. <laughs> I, still, I, was like, I was like, I was like, who's Jackson Brown? <laughs> so yeah, sorry. Oh, I 18, Brown. right? Why wouldn't I? I didn't know Jackson Brown was when I was 18, right? Why would you? You know? It's... Oh, right, exactly. Why would you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Was, yeah. 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 Thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so I don't put them last and change the strings. <laughs> Great. Uh, so yeah. So, so that what what sort of um what sort of venues were you playing? Was it you? So you were touring all around the country at this point, were you? It wasn't just yeah, London. Yeah, all around the country, around Europe, uh, America. We did a lot as compulsion. Um, a lot. Yeah. Um, just uh, just constant, constant, constant um, touring. Was it uh, difficult to sustain that, like night night after night? You had a pretty, pretty, you know, good reputation for being intense. Yeah, I remember one. The, 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 I just remember one one tour that was uh, very tiring, and that was popularly itself in the states. Ah, nice. That was, that was the top tour, but it was great fun at the same time. So, oh, well, uh, so talk- oh, carry on. What? Sorry. Yeah, it, it was just we. It was, you know, we were kind of like, um, I, you know, I, I, that's what you do, right? When you're like uh, a band like that, you 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 play, you play live, and the, we recorded live. You know, the first record, um, Comforter was like that cost about six hundred quid. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and um, and and there was a double album at the album at the end of it, like you know, uh, at the end of it, we recorded that in a place called Stone Room Shepherd's Bush with yeah. Ian Cable, who's brilliant. Mm. And uh, uh, yeah, so it's all live, you know. We all just we just went in, and, and then of course, like you know, just a couple of overdubs here and there, and uh, blah blah blah. But it was mainly like you know, in and Hammer as all the tracks live, backing tracks, and he was, yeah, we yeah, getting... so like. Uh, were you getting big uh, audience? Were you getting big audiences in the states when you're going out to play around there as well? Um, I mean, the answer to that really is yes and no. Yeah. Um, very. Yes, 
in the big major cities in the major towns there was a lot of a lot of uh, interest and curiosity about us and then um we we, we did a here's the the other end of the spectrum we yeah. did a, a game in a, in atlanta i think it was um and uh weezer or something were playing the same night not that it made a difference because uh, but just that the promoter said, oh, well, you know, Weezer's playing. Well, what they had done was they booked us into a venue that was like, um, uh, I don't know, 1,500 people and 27 showed up. Oh, wow. So, that's a, that's <laughs> so a difficult we, one. So we brought them all up on stage. That wasn't, that wasn't difficult for us. We were like, you yeah. should have done it in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So we're yeah. still going to have our little gig. So, uh, yeah. so we brought the entire audience up on stage and there was plenty of room, believe me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there was like, yeah, really cool dressing room. That's where we brought loads of bing bags out on stage and just um, said, you, you tell us what you want us to hear. Oh, that's a good, I, I think that's the best nice. way to deal, deal with something like that. I just embrace the situation. Yeah. Always looking at the right side, huh? That's it, huh? That's it. Um, <laughs> I think like the the first thing, like when the first song we heard was Mall Monarchy, right, Neil? And we oh. when that came out, we loved it, didn't we? It's we were classic. playing classic. that like, on, constantly, right, in each other's bedrooms, basically, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit, a bit about it? Because it's, yeah, um, it's a big one for us. It was, uh, uh, believe it or not, it was kind of, I think, I mean, Mall Monica was one of the, was one of the earlier, earlier songs we ever kind of um, did. Yeah. Um, um, what more can I say about it, really? It's like, we, we, we did, <clears throat> we did, a, we did our own video for it in the, in the, in the beginning. Uh, did we do a video for it? I mean, so what do we do in the States? We do, uh, it was up released over there. I'm not entirely sure. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, that was just one of the, uh, one of the first songs we kind of penned out and, um, uh, it was, it was kind of, yeah, it was, we, we thought, well, I remember thinking at the time, it's just a pretty simple tune, really, you know, it's just like, it'll, um, and my God, like, to this day, people just like still talk about the more monarchy and, you know, when you're, when you're, as I say, when you're, when you live close, uh, was it the, the closer you are to the church, the further you are from God. Yeah. So, so we, you know, you don't see what you, you don't hear a thing. Yeah. I mean, songs have a life of their own. Yeah. And, and it's not to you after that, after they're written and recorded. Yeah. What yeah. was the, what was the writing process like in compulsion? Was it like a, a group effort? You just came together and wrote the songs. We all came. We, we rehearsed a hell of a lot, and it was just all based on like you know um, simple ideas and um, just hammering them out in rehearsal rooms. Just like you know, um, I mean, rehearsal was. It was like you know, it, it was very important to us because it, it, not only was it us, us keeping our you know our little heads together you know which is like is important for any little gang to kind of like you know always meet up always meet up always meet up always yeah right yeah. Yeah. um so uh so we were always always meeting up in a rehearsal room yeah and um yeah. And so that's how it all happens everything happens in, in those rooms um you know just bashing things out playing for hours I mean, it's interesting uh, you use the word gang there. You've got a real sense of like a gang aesthetic with with compulsion, like you know the same color hair and all in white. It was so it was so, always felt you you seemed like a gang. Was that like a part of it? Well, I mean, it was never intentional. Yeah, you know, we weren't mm. like you know to be like you know. Um, but uh, I mean, 
but it, it became so kind of I guess well for me personally um um it 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 was the gang it was my gang and um mm. and that's why I wasn't too uh, uh, I wasn't too pushed to kind of even pick up the guitar after everything went down because I did it with the guys I yeah yeah I couldn't imagine I just couldn't imagine having the same relationship with any any other group of people. Yeah, I think I, I think that's a bad situation. You know, um, where you know you can't have there can egos can fly around. And my God, I've, I've met some. I've met egos that shouldn't even be walking. You know what I mean? It's like people yeah. are way ahead of themselves. I'm not going to ask you to name any again. <laughs> just calm down, there, lad. You know what I mean? My God, and uh, um. Yeah, and people take themselves incredibly seriously, but I'm really checking in on 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 on, on what the old uh, talent meter reads, you know. Yeah, um, uh, we we spoke to Jerry from Mega City Four, and he, he said a similar thing that after the band sort of imploded, well, not imploded, but just came to an end. And yeah, it's quite a sort of period of what do we do now, sort of thing, because Mega City Four was his band, sort of thing. So you know, great band, great band. You know, I think you can tell. The gangs from that, that like the, uh, but, you know, that, that you know, like yeah. there are certain bands you you just know like like uh, they can't exist without each other. You know what I mean? Really, like uh, it's the fully formed sound when those people are like yeah, are behind yeah. the way. and that's just the way it's always going to be. Yeah, like, th- one person, one person missing from that, from any from that band, gone. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not the same thing, and that's yeah. what we had. We had that locked in, and um, and that's rare. Yeah, I think it's rare. Yeah, I mean, look yeah. for us, well, you know, it was, it was fairly it was, like we had we had a lot of growing up to do as well. Like you know, so it wasn't all didn't all like you know, it wasn't didn't all fall into place very simply and very easily. But but it became that you know, it became it became a very kind of it became a great place to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm obsessed with kind of sub sub genres and and youth movements and subcultures and things. What I am, I am. I say I nerdily put all my resources <laughs> in. <laughs> I've got dividers. That's how nerdy I am about it. Um, how did you, how did you feel about like um, that the new wave of the new wave movement, oh. which was made up by enemy journalists to, to sell newspapers? It was awful. That was uh, that's awful, interesting. Awful. I, I'm going to counter that because as a as a kid, as like a 15 year old kid, I loved it because I, I wasn't there in the first wave of in the old wave of the new wave, and I loved having this group of bands that I was I was into all of them. You know, it gave me like uh, something to hold on to. But how was it for you being lumped into this nonsense? Uh, well, what happened, what happened was uh, being a part of it, being a terrible, terrible title. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible shelf being put on because the name is just like, it's awful. But uh, it's. It, it it gave the wrong impression of what the, the pool of bands. Well, uh, uh, from speaking from our point of view, is that it, it gave people uh, we weren't we didn't want we in that part of the of the of the pool at all. You know, we weren't. Yeah, you know, because we were kind of you know three Irish guys and one Dutch guy. Uh, there was always their Irish, you know. <laughs> Anyways, you know, what I mean? so we weren't part of that. We we weren't really accepted as oh really mm. yeah well, I mean they couldn't get rid of us because we were like we 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 put our boots in the ground and that was it uh, you yeah. know uh, but, but we weren't um, we, we certainly weren't favoured 
amongst a lot of bands and that was fine because mm. um I, I i over the years and definitely in hindsight you can uh and especially like you know every week someone contacts contacts me about compulsion every week i get something yeah it's amazing that's amazing and it is it's kind of it's kind of problem. you know it's kind of like it, it, it makes it feel like it's um not so old if you know what i mean yeah and it's weird yeah. You, yeah. that was the that, that was the 90s god's sake Jesus yeah but Christ. you know i still regularly put comfort on you know but it's still still one of my go-to albums it's just if it's a good album it's a good album right? if it still fits then that's cool that's right. Uh, yeah, More Monarchy yeah. still, still one of my favourite tracks. So you said you didn't want to be put in with a new wave with a new wave, but I, I think I also you kind of distanced yourself from the punk label as well at the time. What, what, what were you? What were you? What did you want to be? You just want to be yourselves. I didn't want labels. Yeah. Just we had a title that was called Compulsion, and that was that's all we wanted to be was that just being kind of left alone to be like that or to be that thing that. We, we wasn't we you know it wasn't made up like I mean this was kind of like you know uh, we 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 like we did the music that we, we did produced was uh, I mean from instrumentals to fucking you know uh, things that are like 160 BPM do you know what I mean we're like from one end of the spectrum I mean we. <clears throat> Like in rehearsals, we would like we would play just instrumental songs. We would play prog rock songs. We would play like fucking hot chocolate songs. <laughs> we would play. Oh, we just jammed along with loads of things. And um, uh, I'm going off track now. Um, it's uh, <laughs> good. So, okay. yeah, so, so, so yeah. what bands were you listening to at that time? What were you into? Uh, well, uh, we always uh, uh, Pixies were always a favorite of ours. Uh, yeah. Uh, we looked at that time. Um, we're getting man, there's a lot of uh, I mean, Dunline Down were great. Love those guys. Remember Dun Dunline Down? I remember the name? Don't think I really uh, much. They, they, I don't uh, think so. No. At that, I mean, it's, it's really hard to remember what I was listening to back back then. But, but yeah. you know, and the other part of that is like you do get so caught up in what you're own doing yourself. Like you don't listen to too much music when you're actually yeah, producing. A lot of musicians say that. Yeah. 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 Did you say um did you say that the <coughs> comforter was done on a fairly low budget? Did you did you say that? Yeah, Six hundred quid, did you say? I mean that al quid. that album it's a huge sounding album, like it sounds really well produced. Uh that that you know. That was all that that uh that that entire record was recorded live back at, once again in the studio uh, That's crazy. guitar bass guitar bass drums. Uh then Back out, put some guitars on, and vocal. And that's it. That's that's, yeah, that's, that's the sequence. That's crazy. It's such a great sounding album, you know. You know, then there's there are songs there that we did in one take, and and every time we do something in one take like that, you just feel like a fraud. You feel like, and and just like that's wrong. Yeah. Do that's we need fine. to do some more? Or yeah, you start panicking. Do you remember any? Can you think? Do you remember any examples of a one take song that's on that album? Oh. oh uh, Probably more monarchy is definitely uh, one. Ah, I was last case is another one. Uh, Yassi Dangerfield probably was a one taker. That's incredible. Uh, there's yeah. quite a few that, that we could just okay. nail. They were like the biggest songs on the album, right? That's yeah. that's really interesting. Um, I saw Basket Case was renamed in America. Is that because of Green Day? 
Uh, that I think that was part of it. Yeah. Once again, I have to remember this, and uh, <laughs> right. part of it, and um, and then we did a video for it, um, uh, with a guy called Adam Bernstein. I think who was a director, and uh, he he yeah, I think he's gone on. To, he went on and did like uh, I think he did like um, what he he, did, he went on music videos and he did Breaking Bad. All right. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so he went, he wants to. In good so company. he he had us uh, he had us in and he, he 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 we did this a video for Basket Case, I'm sure it was Basket Case. Was it Basket Case? Yes, it was. I think it was Basket. It was called Delivery over there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Delivery. Um, yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, but I think that was we did like a video with Adam Bernstein, and it was a, a talk show. Um, and it was a uh, Robert Downey Senior was the, the, the who, who was a who um, was banned from his talk show in the states. So we had him in the video fronting this fake talk show, which had mm-hmm. all sorts of kind of guests on. So it had like you know like um, had like you know the, the usual things like you know cheating couples and and Elvis impersonators. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And I, 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 so I was an Elvis impersonator on it, uh, and then it had. Had Nazis like you know in a talk show setting, and Jan was involved in dressed up as a girl, and, <laughs> uh, and so we all play these little characters in this video, and the the video was banned because it had Nazis. Wow! Yeah. Wow! So these things just kept happening to us, like it lumped in with the <laughs> crowd, banned videos. <laughs> so funny to say that, right? Yeah. So. Uh, so uh yeah um that was that so yeah when you recorded going back to recording um comforter i guess the reason you could do it so quickly and in, in live takes was just because you were playing so much at the time right it's just yeah yeah, yeah. we were afraid not to play you know what i mean we're afraid not to be good live we're like, uh, mm. but the, everyone should be you know yeah you should be you should be absolutely scared shitless because yeah. if you can't do it, if you can't do it, you can't do it. And the funny thing is, you know, you can, like, you know, I've got a little studio here and stuff that you can you, you can record a track at home and live yeah. doesn't cut the mustard. Um, yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, it's a different it's a different beast playing live and recording. That's you, that's. Yeah, you were renowned that's... renowned for the live show, so that was yeah. Come across, it showed, right? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you guys have to see any shows? Did you? Well, we're trying to think. I don't think I so. Don't Maybe think like a know. festival. <laughs> That's we can't remember either. We're frauds. No, 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 no. I don't think. Although I think I might have done it, like <clears throat> Reading or something like that. I might have caught a set at um, uh, Reading or something. I can't remember. Um, we would have definitely maybe. tried yeah. to, I'm sure, because yeah, I'm sure we yeah, would have no. done. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, we were listening to bands like Smash as well. So I think you toured with oh, yeah, yeah, these yeah. Animal Men, and yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Those guys, yeah. The boys from Smash were really they're they're they're, they're nice guys. The, the boys, I remember the guys from Smash. Yeah, and, and Shed Seven, Shed Seven as well. There's another... I saw you played with them. Yeah, how was that? That was quite early on, right? They they supported us. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, on a on a on a UK tour. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, we. we 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 yeah we played with a lot of a lot of people we played um, smashing pumpkins. Uh, um, how was that? Was smash- Billy Corgan as much of a dick as he comes across? Uh yeah. Well, I, 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 I mean, it was Brixton no Cabbie. 
And uh, I just remember it being, kind of, I remember Joey being very irritated with him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, uh, but, I mean, I, I don't have any bad memories of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, then we did a tour. We did a, we did a great tour with the Mannix, uh which which I think was Richie's last tour. It was oh, wow. amazing! Wow, wow, wow! wow. Yeah. The proper Mannix, the uh, the early yeah. days. Yeah, oh yeah, and uh, backstage, you know, the boys had their their like yeah camouflage all over the yeah, place. Yeah, like the balaclava <laughs> stage, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Richie had his own little room there. He's what he's. I think. I think he. I think he had. He had a, he had a, a parachute that used to hang. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, those and, shows uh, must have been incredible. I mean, oh, brilliant. The, those brilliant were, fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. We, 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 that was a great tour. We had a great, yeah, you know, I mean, we, to be quite honest, we, we, we hardly had a bad tour, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, bad, bad billing is one thing, uh, but when we did actually, yeah. when we got, we got up and running and got some main like got some good tours under us. Um, we, you know, and of course we toured with with Poppy itself as well uh, in the UK, Europe, and the states. Yeah, um, did a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, we saw, yeah, um, like... saying about get get back to the records as well. Like just what I was trying to say was like, mm. yeah, we weren't really afraid of of playing. Um, instrumentals you know we weren't like i mean there's this dick dale rick and ricky is mm. that kind of surf that's kind of like and yeah um, i think even things like abbey road like lost in abbey road like you know like um so we were like a, into like playing like whatever we thought was you know we lit we like this that, that's what we yeah. like put out yeah. um and, and like you know i remember one time we we, we uh we did like uh we did it we were doing a showcase for uh, in, we were signed, we signed to Interscope Records in uh, in in the states, mm. uh, um, and that was always a blast going in to that in, in there because Death Row was on the left. Oh, really? Interscope <laughs> was on the right. Yeah. There was a table in the center with two guys with 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 briefcases and in the brief and newspapers, and in the briefcase were just two Uzis. <laughs> what the Seriously. You walk in and you try America. Right? <laughs> so, uh, so we used to go. We used to go in there and like uh, proper yeah, gangster shit. Get all get all yeah. the Death Row Records stuff. You know, get all the Death Row Records. Um, nice. So that's that's where I got all the early Snoop stuff and like yeah, Eminem and yeah, yeah. You, did, um, you didn't meet any of them while you while you were there, Rob. Oh yeah, we met Snoop. We met Snoop. Oh, you did. Uh, oh yeah, wow! Met, actually, met Snoop. Um, um, on the on the word okay uh, okay and, uh, yeah and, uh, yeah yeah apparently we're in the dog pound so we're cool so yeah so <laughs> yeah but um we, we, we did a showcase uh in the whiskey you know whiskey a go go in yeah yeah, in, yeah. In, and we did a endoscope and oh like yeah it's a, it's a small little venue but it's you know maybe five maybe 500 people i don't know um <clears throat> Place was rammed, and uh, so there were like you know, so there was like the guy who in the scope was there, and right beside him, his best friend Gene Simmons. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> wow, all these people, and we we had this uh, roadie, uh, not he's a roadie kind of uh, uh, Joe, and he's more he's a, a friend. We all we always had friends, we never had roadies, yeah, yeah, good. sure, 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 sure. So, a really good friend of ours, 
and uh, and Joe with this big quiff. And uh, so we said, look, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to go out there, and the first song we're going to do is Dick Dale, Rick and Ricky. Okay. And, and Joe's going to play second guitar. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so there's this big showcase. Our A&R man's there with his boss. His boss is there with his best friend, and they're all his best friends. They're all best friends there with their best friends, and they're all like music industry people. And and uh, we walk out. Joe walks out on stage as well. I see some. <laughs> some. Of the, I don't even think our manager knew what we were doing. And uh, and next minute we just go into down the surf shop. <laughs> okay, rockabilly surf, yeah. Look from the the audience. Some people in the audience are just like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Can Joe and play then, guitar? Joe played like second guitar on it. Yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. Uh, he could actually play, could he? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. So that's what we started off with. And then we went into Rape Jacket and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we we're going to start this the way we want to start it. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's we, cool. We made them listen to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Do it on your turn. That's, that's so great. Like that. yeah. yeah, man. That's good shit. So, yeah. going into the second album, you had some success um, all over the place. Was that a completely different process? Um. I, I think once again, um, we were very, very happy about this, about that record. Um, uh, and we kind of felt that we made a really good second album. Um, um, yeah. And we're incredibly proud of us. And that's when the accountants came in. Ah, this is so, the, the story. Here we go. <laughs> so we were all set up to. Uh, to, there was a marketing, yeah, the usual crap that goes on, right? Marketing thing, uh, yeah, budget, budget here and budget, but blah blah blah. And posters made, uh, and always like you know, don't know, like, yeah. so then the record, the record industry was decided it was like you know, uh, going to implode, and um, and that was it. Budget was pulled for marketing, budget was pulled for launch, and the album. Didn't even if they, I, I'd say they just probably dropped off a few copies in the shops by hand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, it just it, it didn't. It, it got it, it got nothing. It got no support whatsoever. Why was that decision taken? Do you think? Because the record industry was going down the tubes, and um, the accountants told the owners of uh, the record company that they need to start slicing the pie a little bit and. Get rid yeah. of a few things, mm. Mm. and our 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 budget was one, and then that was it. After that, it was like there was, it was it, it was it's like screw you type thing, you know. It was like it was very disappointing. Yeah, um, so, yeah. So you know, so you know, no matter who you are, when you get a couple of thumps like that, um, you know, it, it just it doesn't put you down, but it just makes you feel like, yeah, yeah. it's not worth it, really. you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Let's leave it at that. And we, you know, and, and like we were, like you know, Garrett was getting interested in, well, always being interested in, 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 in the um, technology side of things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he went on so to, he, he went on to produce some, some fairly big yeah. albums, didn't he? Yeah, he, he, you know, he, Snow he, Patrol he, and all he, that sort of thing. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm yeah. interested. I remember when he met Snow Patrol. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but. Once again, that was that was a marriage made for him. Like you know, I mean, no, and he deserves it because um, he, he that's for that's for, that's where he, he wanted to sit. Yeah, and yeah. like you know, but I mean, 
Mm. So how did it feel after working so hard on an album and putting everything into it and then it just oh, being completely dropped like that? Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. But you can't let it yeah. break down. Like, you, you, you know, these things can break certain people, but, you know, you kind of just move on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. It, we, we, it, it was a great, great time. Uh, so, like, I, I, there was plenty of, there was plenty of, like, uh, energy that can still feed on yeah, and 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 uh, um, and go on and try and figure out something else. You know, the, 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 yeah. So yeah, so it was tough. I guess it it probably, was a... since the internet, it's probably listened to a lot more now, right? Than, than yeah, it, yeah, that's what I was going to say. At least, at, at least you got to finish the album, and it's and it's out there now. It's you on know, Spotify. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a pity that it, it didn't get the push it should have got at the time. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. It, was, it was a couple of good. It was a couple of good. Yeah, it's a great album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit um, more. I, I felt I think it's a bit kind of more poppy and a bit more had more mass appeal. If anything, if if I'm a record company accountant, for me, it seemed like it's you know a surefire hit. Yeah, but you know, yeah. an accountant is an accountant. He knows the value. <laughs> he knows the price of everything. The value of none. That's true. Yeah. 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 So so, when I was when we were trying to get get ready for this interview, so I mean Pete, that's kind of a link to this. Kind of the the most common kind of word that I saw was was underrated. Do you feel uh, you were uh, underrated? Like that's that's the word that come up again and again, basically. Uh, that's true. I feel we're underexposed. Yeah. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um, but then again, you know. Um, yeah, I mean. Anything that's worth its weight has 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 it's like a vehicle. It has a it's got it's got it's got its own it's got its own top speed, you know. And you can't push any further than that. And uh, and when that sort of stuff starts to happen, like when you know people try to expect you to do something beyond what you actually what you, you know where you're at, uh, it's just it's, it's, it's you may just move on. You know, all parties just gone. Yeah. See ya. Like so. So yeah, I was very disappointed with 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 um with with um one little Indian at the end of the day because but uh, hey, we're still here talking. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's still well, you still got a, you still got a loyal fan base, like you say. You still get you still get messages about compulsion all the time. So it doesn't yeah, surprise me. You know, I I've I've you know 100 respect for what we did, and uh, I I I will always support it. You know, um uh, while trotting along and doing my own thing at the moment so uh yeah, yeah. it's just uh yeah. I, I i never i never look back at it but 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 I, you know i i just looked yeah it was it was brilliant that's all i can say it was just like you know um it, it was the right time the right place the right people um uh just the wrong record companies yeah <laughs> you uh yeah. you and you played you played phoenix festival didn't you when that was when that was going was that 90? yeah yeah when was that 90 or was it? Oh, yeah. We did quite a few. We did. We did Phoenix maybe two or three times. Yeah, I think. Mm. How was that? A bit, bit, bit different to the hot and sweaty sort of club gigs. How, how was playing in in front of a huge audience oh, yeah. in the field? Yeah, and the last one we did, the, the last festival we did was Reading, which is uh, right. Which was uh, I, yeah. I don't know what I know. It was filmed, but I've never seen any footage of it. Yeah, mm. uh, there must be so, somewhere. 
There has to be, yeah. Um, yeah. Unless, of course, yeah. Unless, of course, they were pointing the cameras and saying, "The Irish guy just switched the camera off." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, oh, that's the Irish yeah. man. Sorry. Just, <laughs> have a coffee, lad. <laughs> we, um, I think, I think you've already seen this, but we did get a question for. It was in your group, I think, actually. Um, I think you have already read from it. the Facebook group. This is, by the way. Yeah. So this is David Blackburn. Do you know? No. No. Okay. Well, he asked, "Is yeah, would there be any chance of any gigs in the future?" He said, "It'd be incredible to see you guys play again." Would that ever be on the cards? You guys getting back together, or I doubt it. I doubt it very Just... much. I think there's far, far too much water gone under the bridge, and um, uh, yeah, everyone's got family and stuff, you know. And, yeah, it's different, um, right? Everyone's doing other things, and um. It, it, yeah, after after such a long time, I think it might be just a little bit alien to to us. I, I think sometimes it's just best to just leave it where it was yeah. in that moment in time, you know, and let people remember it. Yeah, yeah, that's, you, know. you know. I think sometimes reunions are good, but often they're uh, they're not. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, th I think you know reunions are like uh, the ones that go well are really well organized, and I don't yeah. think. That's, you know, it's like uh, yeah, they may seem like they come together so nice and easy, but it's not. It's not that easy to regroup and yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know the census things did it really well with their shows at, at the was it the Astoria. Um, ben that, said that's gone. Yeah, Ben yeah. said that those those shows went down really well, but yeah, I think live band. Yeah, yeah, they they, they were a super <laughs> band, but. Yeah. Ah, oh, bass yeah. player. Yeah, Morgan. Yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much. You want to ask the final question though, Neil? Yeah. yeah. We so ask this the same question to everyone. This is a bit Sorry. of a feature. Just a question we ask everyone: If you could have been in any other band at the time, who would it have been, and why? Oh, oh, that's a good one. Um. <laughs> who would it have been, and why? Uh, let me see. Oh crikey! Uh, I don't know. Uh, I have to see. Have to see. Uh, oh. I don't know. Stereo lab. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I have a friend. Uh, yeah, uh, one of my good friends, Paul Tipler, he produced all that stuff as well. So, uh, yeah, Stereo Lab, fantastic. That's the, the, yeah. I really like that vibe. That, yeah. The, 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 yeah. 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 Same. I wouldn't mind. I'd be. I'd be happy um, playing on the stage with those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you've still got you've got a load of guitars behind you and a keyboard. Do you? Yeah, do you're still busy. Music? Are you for yourself, or is it part of your job nowadays? Or no. Um. Well, I. Uh, I, I. I'm doing some music at the moment, so um, um, I'm just about. Well, we're. I should have a record coming out this year. <clears throat> that way. Oh wow! Great stuff. Yeah. Great. Uh, um, and it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's something that um, I've been uh, I've been kind of fishing around for the last couple of years. You know, uh, basically during COVID, uh, I I I got to play my guitar again and uh, um, and started kind of messing around with it. And I finally shook off all the cobwebs, and, and now I'm, I feel like I'm playing better than I've ever played before. So, so I'm yeah. going to take advantage of that. <clears throat> yeah, why not? So yeah, so now. Finally, I'm working with a bunch of guys that um, 
that are all pretty pretty cool. So um drummer from the Godfathers. Remember the Godfathers? Yeah. yeah. Um play Grant, Grant Nichols. Um um yeah. So we got something coming out this year. Uh cool. we, have you got has the band got a name? Yeah. Fakes. 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 Okay. F A K yes. Just fakes. We'll keep an eye out for it for sure. And then yeah. Keep an eye out. All right, oh, thank you so much for your time. We really yeah, appreciate thanks, it. Yeah, thanks, man. It's amazing. It's yeah, great. Well, it's, good see, it's good to see you guys. Good to meet you. Uh, no, well, you too, yeah, man. Thank you. So there we go. Sid Rainey from Compulsion. What a great interview. I really enjoyed that one. Um, Dave, you weren't in the interview. First thoughts? Yeah, I got a couple of notes. It was really good. I really enjoyed it, as ever. I had a note saying, what were they doing in America? But Luke covered that before. And also, you know, he mentioned two tracks, exclusive tracks that he promised. And I was mm. I was hoping you might have got them. But Well, we're going to try and grab them off him. Hopefully we can get them before this goes out. But also that, that strawberry anecdote, I still don't think I understood it. So maybe <laughs> you can explain about the strawberries a bit. So they got in trouble for eating strawberries for breakfast. They thought they were taking a piss by like eating like expensive strawberries. Being like oh. rockstar divas. It's got to be cheaper than like a continental breakfast, is not it? It's... Yeah. But yeah, they were just, they just fancied some strawberries and uh, they, <laughs> they took it as them, yeah, being like these divas demanding strawberry for breakfast. <laughs> One other thing was the, um, that gig, the Atlanta gig with 27. I thought it was, really nice how he let them all come up they all had the gig on the stage and were sitting together yeah like i said to him in the interview sometimes with those situations you've just got to embrace it make the most out of it haven't you and that's that's what they did um and my takeaways just seem like yeah yeah as always just a really nice really open kind of guy you know really willing to share his stories and um yeah yeah it's uh amazing to listen to really yeah, he said he, um, he said he doesn't do many interviews, which surprised me because I thought it was a great in, interviewee. He's a he's a great storyteller, and he had some great stories to tell. I thought. Yeah, imagine being like flown over to LA when you're like eighteen, nineteen years old, and being put in a studio, and you know, being given like, you know, all the time you need. Just, just, it's incredible, right? Like, like he said, you don't really think about it at the time. You just, it's what's happening at the time, and you just go with it. But yeah, yeah, what an experience for an 18-year-old, like you say, going to Sunset. Was it Sunset? Well, I can't remember what studio they went to, but... It's Ocean Drive, I think, was the name of it. Isn't that a Lighthouse family song, Dave? Don't know. Neil, how about you? Takeaways? One of the reasons we started this podcast is we wanted to hear, you know, stories from bands back in the day. Stories that people don't necessarily know about and that take us back to that time i just think he did that perfectly i just think he took us on a journey through that band's career the trajectory of that band and what happened and how it all sort of came to an end which again was quite interesting i thought well i was going to say that like the the brutality of the music industry in in the 90s even like indie mm. labels just came through strongly right yeah like you said you said like the future is medium like it's a, it should have been a, a massive album and you know, maybe more commercially viable than Comfort, but they just said, no, nah, not going to bother. 
So what did they do? Just not spend any money on marketing it or something? Yeah, they released it, but yeah, no one knew that they'd really released it. It was just no marketing, zero sort of promotion, which is how bad, especially back then, it's the only way people found out about it. There's no internet, was there? So, you know, on the record shelves, but in the in the compulsion section, but not not out front sort of thing. So people didn't really know about it. It's a real shame. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was too grungy for 96. That was the height of the lighthouse as well, 96. If you want to talk about lighthouse family, we can, Dave. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, no one could compete with them at the time, mate. It's no, you know. There was no real point in releasing anything around the time of, when, whenever lighthouse family had a release. They just steamrolled over all competitors, didn't they? You know, record company just thought, fuck, we haven't got the lighthouse family, so what's the point? I thought the, it was quite interesting when you asked, would they ever play together again? It wasn't mm. like uh, maybe. It was yeah, no, definite, a... definite no, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, no, mm. I, I kind of like that in a way. Oh, but it sounds like it was all very amicable between the band members. And like you say, like, you know, the idea of the band as a gang and that, that came across, which is one of the things I, I really like in, in bands that can pull that off, you know. And I think that was kind of part of the reason why, like he said, he didn't want to, he didn't want to go back to play music if it wasn't going to be with the same people, right? It wasn't going to be part of that gang. And I guess you can't recreate, you know, that that 30 years later when you're in your mid-50s or whatever, you know? Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Even if you get the same four people back together in a room, it's not the same moment in history, is it? it, it, it the context is all different. Yeah, yeah, people have got different lives. They've got families. They've moved on, different jobs. And it's just not, you can never recreate those heady days of being a teenager in a in an up and coming band, can you? Well, it, almost every band does do it, don't they? They try and what? reform and go and get some more money on tour. Yeah, but how many of them actually pull it off? To be fair, like a lot of the bands that we've been chatting to or are going to chat to on this podcast have managed it, like Ned's Atomic Dustbin. You know, Wonder Stuff is still going. EMF. Yeah, and they do it well. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm just talking shit. <laughs> As usual, <laughs> thought it was interesting. That he uh, he kind of re- rejected the the uh, being lumped in with a new wave of the new wave. Um, yeah, I mean that's understandable, right? It's understandable. Well, just because it didn't really mean anything, I guess. It's, it's, it did I, to I me, man. It did to me. I guess if you're in a band at the time and you get lumped in something that sounds so meaningless and superficial, you're just going to think, Nah, I'm not. Yeah, not having that. No one likes to be lumped. <laughs> no, I just have really fond memories of that Comforter album. I had it on a lot in those times. It's, it hasn't really got a bad tune on it, as I remember. I used to play it from start to finish. All killer, no filler. I thought it was quite interesting what he said about how compulsion, it was the four of them, and without the sum of all those parts... It's not the same band. So, Dave, imagine if if one of or the other of Lighthouse family left. They couldn't be the Lighthouse family anymore, could they? No, it's not a family, is it? Exactly. Are they a family? Exactly. Are they a family, though? Yeah. They're like family to you, aren't they? Well, to each other. Do they live in a lighthouse? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not engaging with that. Do you see them as father figures, do you think? Do you take their lyrics and that's how you live their life, your life, according to those sort of values? 
It's not engaging. Really, I seriously want to know, do, do you think they do live in a lighthouse? <laughs> <laughs> You're just showing your ignorance about lighthouses. Well, tell us. No one lives in them anymore. They're all automated, which just shows what? how ridiculous the question is. I apologise and I've withdrawn my question. That's it for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed the interview with Sid. We did. We thought it was a really good one. Next week is our next Wang. Wang number two, episode number nine. So definitely tune in for that one. If you are listening, then please do leave a review, give us a rating or whatever you need to do, wherever you're listening. Subscribe. And subscribe, yeah, do all that. Follow, whatever it is. If you're watching on YouTube, then please do subscribe to the channel. Give it a like and leave a comment below. Tell us your favourite compulsion song or give us your compulsion memories. Let's get conversation started in the comments about compulsion. Don't forget the mixtape. Have a listen to that um, after you, the interview. Stick the mixtape up on. Yeah, don't forget that bloody mixtape. They really are good. Dave loves them, don't you, Dave? Yeah, love it. I like every Thursday when it comes out for me. So that's it for this one. Dave, wrap this baby up. We'll see you in a minute.